Welcome to the Hometown Sports Show. This is episode number 20. Eddie, what's going on? What's up, my man? Number 20, dude. This is yeah, crazy. The big 2-0, almost old enough to drink. <laughs> right, next, next episode, we'll, we'll have to crack a beer. Yeah, man. We're doing the NBA draft today. The draft was supposed to be in June, but then COVID happened. Here we are, mid-November. These dudes have been just chilling since no, or since, I mean, <laughs> since February because March Madness got canceled, and here we are in mid-November, and Shoot, finally with, ready. With that said, Wiseman's been chilling for even longer. <laughs> <laughs> He's been chilling since <laughs> mid-November last year. Holy, yeah. it's really crazy though, because usually you get drafted in June, and the season usually starts late October, early November, so. But this year, the season ended in October. Then these guys are getting drafted now, and the season starts at the end of December. Like, usually you have about four or five months to kind of get acclimated, get to your city and all that, and these guys are just going straight in. It's kind of insane. Well, yeah, so we'll see how it, how it translates, honestly, because um, maybe maybe someone, maybe none of these guys are even really that big of an impact um, year one just, just because of the short turnaround. Yeah, really, like, it does seem like if you're looking for an impact, probably the the ready-to-go guys are the best bet if you're looking for a rookie of the year type candidate. Obi Toppin is probably going to be the favorite, man, because he was the NCAA player of the year, and he's one of the oldest dudes in the draft coming in. He knows his role. I mean, any team that drafts him is probably going to just set it and forget it, put him in that role, and... A hundred percent, a hundred percent. He's uh, he's he's de- he's definitely one of my top, my, one of my favorites this year. Uh, he's he's electric, man. He's like one of them highlight type, highlight reel type guys, man. And uh, just watching Dayton basketball, they they were probably going to be one of the favorites to win the whole NCAA tournament because of Toppin. So he's he's just he jumps out the roof, man. He's just exciting to watch. It, like being from Ohio, I'd never even watched any Dayton basketball until he was there. So yeah, man, he can he can yam it. <laughs> yeah, man, that's crazy. He's got some real skills offensively. A lot of people talk uh, a little smack on his defense. Just a lot of people think. At best, he'll maybe, hopefully, become like an average to below average defender. So I feel like that's kind of where his uh, limitations are. That and he was a sophomore, and he's already twenty two. He'll be twenty three by the end of uh, his rookie year, which it's it's pretty old, man. Like I was, t- I texted you the other day. He's six months younger than Marquise Chris. Marquise Chris has been in the league for like a decade. (laughs) That dude's busted out on every single team in the league already, and he's only six months older than this dude. So that's kind of an issue with Toppin. Yeah, and and but then I don't know. I think uh, positive positive about that is maybe because he is a little bit older. Maybe you won't have to go through all like the immaturity type things that they probably go through with. uh, dudes that are like 19 man they're literally growing with that kid so i mean obviously to get to the nba i'm sure you have some type of discipline anyway but yeah i think maybe maybe we'll be able to uh i don't know not run into issues like that yeah and he's probably not going to be one of the first couple off the board so man if he somehow makes it to the point where he he gets put on like a team challenging for the playoffs he could fit right in and really contribute right away so for a young team, he might not be the best because for the Cavs, 
I think he's basically older than everybody we've drafted for the last three years. So just probably better for uh, like a team challenging for the playoffs this year. Okay, outside of Toppin, though, he's not number one on my board. I don't think he's number one on yours. Who is your favorite guy in this draft? I think we're kind of on the same page with this, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, after doing a little bit more research and just looking around, man, you know who I like a lot is this uh, Yoli Childs, man. He, yeah. He's a dog. Yeah, man. I uh, that's uh, I was just watching a couple highlight videos of him. Obviously, they're highlight videos, so everyone looks like a stud. Yeah, I... I sent you that thing about him. A lot of people were talking about like, hey, man, you got to come back next year and you got to improve your three-point game. And he shot 32% last year, and then he came back this year, shot 49% from three. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, he's a huge dude. He's 6'8", 225. I mean, like you just said, 49% from three. Like, I mean, he has the ideal skill set for like, like kind of like a roll and pop big dude, you know? So yeah, I'm man shooting fifty percent from three point line. That's that's money, man. That's money. Six eight, fifty percent three point shooter. That's really that's all you gotta fucking say. The one thing that did worry me about that, like I like him. Like last year, he shot thirty two percent from three, seventy one percent from free throw. This year, he shot forty nine percent from three, but he only shot fifty three percent from his free throws. Like, what happened there? That's really, really weird. But yeah, man, 22 points a game for BYU. BYU is not a shitty school. All four years, he shot over 50% from the field. So yeah, I I like this dude too. Uh, Averaged 8.8 rebounds for his uh, career. He's just one of those guys that's an older dude, but he can, seems like he's going to go to the Raptors or the Heat, you know? (laughs) They're going to get him in the mid-second round and he's going to be a starter for him in the playoffs. Just seems like that's what happens every year. They just they clean up on these 6 6 to 6 9 dudes that can play the on the wing and just uh you can just you can play four or five of them at a time if you want. Like those are the guys that really you need in this league, man. And they just seem to get all the under underrated ones and I feel like he'll probably be one of those dudes too, really. Yeah, I'm, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. So what, like, what do you, what do you really think about? Since we're talking about big dudes anyway, let's slide over to uh, Wiseman real quick because we do only have like a small sample size with three games. We, he, we literally haven't seen him play basketball for a year. Do you think the hype is like too much? It's tough. It's like the three games is not a sample size you can like extrapolate <laughs> out or anything. Because like, his worst game was against Oregon. The other ones were just some mid-majors, too. So it's like the only team that has any type of resume value, you did your worst against. So that's kind of, that's kind of weird, too. Yeah, but like I feel like if he had played the whole season, he wouldn't have done 20 and 11, three blocks, shot 77% from the field. But I feel like he would have been at least 18 points, probably at least... Ten and a half boards, probably at least two and a half blocks. So I, I think his numbers would have dipped a little bit. But you don't find dudes like with his athletic ability. He's seven one. He's got a seven six wingspan. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. I feel like if I had to pick one dude in the draft this year to be like 
the best player at his position. It's Wiseman a hundred percent. And like centers aren't as valuable as they were in the past, but he's kind of like a new age center. He's super athletic. Didn't really shoot any threes in college, but shot 70% from the line in those three games. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to roll the dice in the early draft, he's my number one prospect. Just 7'1", 240, just a big athletic dude, and I don't know. It's it's definitely a risk because you're not really sure where he's going to go in his career. No, 100%, 100%. And uh, for a team like Golden State to be sitting up there at number two, man, that's that's really – like it's it really makes me sick that they have the number two pick, honestly, because they're not bad. They're fine. And uh, they're going to get a player like Wiseman and literally win for the foreseeable future, man. Yeah. And a lot of people talk smack on this draft because there's not an Anthony Davis or a Zion Williamson. But, man, there are a lot of good players in this draft. There isn't a surefire superstar. I wouldn't say Wiseman's surefire. I wouldn't say Anthony Edwards or LaMelo Ball are surefire superstars either. But there's, I I don't know, this draft's pretty deep with at least dudes that are going to be decent to good. No, 100%. I think it's going to be one of them drafts where in in both rounds, it's not top heavy. It's just pretty, it's pretty balanced across the whole board. I think most of the players that you draft in any location in the draft it's probably going to be pretty a solid player, and you're going to be able to plug him into your team, or at least, uh, like in a Patrick Williams case, maybe it'll be a little bit more of a project. But I mean, shoot, with just the quick turnaround, like we were talking earlier, it kind of seems like most of these guys will be a little bit of a project anyway, just because they have no really time to uh, get comfortable with their uh, teams and build chemistry. But yeah, I think overall it's going to be pretty solid. Yeah, and like you said, it's not top heavy. You'll see. People who uh their number two prospect is somebody else's number ten, and somebody else's number ten is somebody's number five. Like everybody has a different order. Usually, it's a lot more uh, by the book, and this year it's just not. And you would think with five extra months to to think about things, it would you'd kind of get some group think going, but not at all this year. Which is which is cool. I I like it. I like it. I like that. I hate. All the years when everybody, everyone says the f- same same dudes, and uh, and then it's not any of those guys. Those are my, those are kind of my favorite years, honestly. And then and then the Cavs do something, take like Anthony Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> right. At least we're not number one, so we can't fuck it up this year. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I heard Patrick Williams. You were talking about that. Uh, I heard he had a promise from Detroit. I believe. I don't know if that's for sure, but that's what the reports have been saying. And, you know, Detroit's sitting at seven. I'm not a huge Patrick Williams dude like that anyway. Just averaged nine points last year, his freshman year. I like the athleticism he's got and stuff, but, man, I there's just so many good players that I would rather have at number seven. So, I mean, yeah, a couple I, a couple <laughs> picks later I'd be in, but, I mean, you know, it is what it is. He's... And that's kind of like what I was to when I uh, brought up Childs. Obviously, I didn't want to just pick like a Wiseman or something off the top, like everybody always does. But uh, yeah, I think uh, like a Childs in that little seven range would be solid if you want to take a risk on somebody instead of because uh, Patrick Williams. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a project. Like I said, man, it's gonna be he's the youngest dude in the draft. I'm pretty sure, 
And uh, man, it's just gonna be a long. That's a long time, man. It's gonna be a long time. Like you said, he has like a solid body, but it's gonna take work. So as long as they're willing to put in the work, uh, whatever. They have him at seven. My number two guy might be there at seven. I I hope not. I kind of hope the Cavs take him, but we'll see. I got Onyeka Nkongwu at number two. So Ooh, my yeah. number one and number two are both centers. I got Wiseman and then Onyeka Kongwu. He averaged sixteen point two. 8.6 boards. He had 2.7 blocks and 1.2 steals. So he he just does it all on the defensive end of the court, man. If you you check him out, man, he for a center, he can drive quick, man. He's yeah. got a hell of a first step. Yeah, and he he has a uh he has a solid shot too, man. Yeah. He, what what was he I mean, he shot with 61% yeah, 72 from the line, which a lot of people say that that's what you want to kind of look at to see if they got a good shot moving forward. And he shot 25% from three, but I don't know how many shots he even took from three. But 72% from the line makes you think maybe he could step out and start hitting those, uh, maybe even as a rookie, but that's something he could potentially add to his game down the road. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I was after I was watching some of like you said, he's just he's quick, man. He's quick, like uh, and people bite people bite on his moves, man. Like I don't know, like what just watching, like he he sells his play, like uh, his moves, and like he he just got good mechanics when he's playing, man. Yeah, and he's not huge. He's only six nine, but he's almost two fifty. He can de- defend damn near anybody, and he doesn't look huge when he's playing against other centers and stuff. But man, I. I'm in on a Kongwu man, and I wasn't at first. And may, maybe even if they slide him over to power forward, if they wanted to, like I'm sure that I mean it's literally almost the exact same. Uh, it's really more so uh, defensive matchup reasoning. So I mean, maybe he could make. I mean, he has a solid shot. Bump him out, let him play around the perimeter just a little bit. I mean, you know what I mean, pick and rolls and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. I I like him a lot too. Yeah, my next one. I feel like everybody's people got Wiseman up there. Some people have a Kongu up there, but most people got Lamelo and Anthony Edwards in their top three. They're four and five for me. I'm kind of cool on Anthony Edwards, man. I was I, the more and more I watched, and the more and man, he kind of uh, he has a, a he has too many issues for me, honestly. Like he's probably like the best scorer. But watching him play and watching something like he has horrible shot selection, man. I I understand that you're a good shooter, but I I don't know, man. It's gonna be it's gonna take a lot to uh. You gotta play smarter, and you can't take uh like bad shots like that if they go in or not, man. He's only shooting twenty nine percent from three, so I don't know. And there was even reports that the scouts said they were discouraged. So yeah, a lot of people say like ah, oh, he's super athletic. He can get to the rack whenever he wants. Well, then why the hell at 6'5", 225, <laughs> did he shoot 40% from the field? 40%? That is awful. I kind of wanted to move him a, even lower, but I got him at 5, and it's like it's a he's a lottery ticket, and he's an early lottery ticket, and I could see being a situation where uh, he kind of gets on a team with a good coach, and uh, his motor starts running all the time like it should be, and... He's got a couple other scorers on his team because he didn't have anybody in Georgia at Georgia, and it's like just firing random shit up kind of sucks. But yeah, it's just um, that's that's what I'm saying. I it, it was it, I don't know. It's forty percent is trash, and I was not impressed. 
I mean, that's kind of my issue with him and LaMelo kind of have the same issues with me, man. Like LaMelo, he went and played in the Australian Basketball League. I don't know how good that league is, but it it's not better than upper college. It's not better than like Duke, Virginia or something. I feel like that's all, at least as high of a level. But LaMelo's stats look good. 17 points, 7.6 rebounds, 6.8 assists. But he shot 37% this year. 37% in his 12 games over in Australia. And 25 from three. So it's like you watch the highlights and... Yeah, you watch the highlights and he... Oh, he hit a deep one to tie the game. Well, he took seven and made less than two a game. Like, that's awful. Yeah, like, I think with Lomelo, most of... uh, I mean, most of it's just him being, like, a true facilitator, man. Like, he's a great passer. That's his, his, like, literally claim to fame. When it comes to defense, that's just a rumor. So it doesn't even... uh... (laughs) Yeah, these dudes are both pretty similar, both athletically gifted, kind of unique. Edwards just big and strong. LaMelo, point guard, but he's 6'7", and he's an awesome passer, like you said, and I don't want to... And he's a hell of a driver and facilitator, and I... He's got a chance to change his shot up, too. Yeah, yeah, because he has that weird mechanics, man. So we'll see. <laughs> Why maybe. do all the ball dudes just, they can't <laughs> shoot? I I don't understand it. It's kind of crazy. Like, how are you all good enough to make it to the NBA, but you can't shoot? Yeah, it makes right, no right. sense. Yeah, no, 100%. <clears throat> Another guy that I like up here, well, uh, I don't know. I think he'll go he'll top 10 for sure, uh, is that Killian Hayes. So, like, I like him. He has, like, a a James Harden-like game, man. Honestly, how he creates space, and he has a solid shot. But with that, he's also, like, James Harden and has an issue with turnovers. So, it's, like... It, that, that so that's kind of like a hard uh, gamble for me as well, and for somebody else that's going to be up there in the draft. Yeah, he can see the floor well, and he's really improved the last couple of years too. And sixteen point eight points per thirty six minutes over in France, which is pretty good. Really uh, shot well from the free throw line, which is like I said before, eighty seven point six percent from the free throw line. Kind of makes you optimistic for his ability to become a really good shooter in the NBA. Plus, man, 6'5", so he's a point guard. He's got the point guard skills, but he's got that size, which all, the three top point guards in this draft are all big dudes. Killian's 6'5", LaMelo's 6'7", and Tyrese Halliburton, 6'5", man. What do you think of Halliburton? I, I like Halliburton. Uh... I said he had the highest floor in this draft. He's just kind of good at every single thing he does. Big point guard prospect. Not a dynamic athlete, but he's a good athlete. He's not a sharpshooter, but he's a really good shooter. He's just like makes winning basketball plays. Like he's not yeah. super, super athletic, like I said. And he'll never be a lockdown defender, but I said he's basically a B plus in every single aspect of the game. 15.2 points, six boards, six and a half assists, two and a half steals. Uh, shot 50% from the field, 82% from the line, 42% from three. Man, Golden State's sitting at number two. I wouldn't be shocked if they went Halliburton. He, I could see him just adding another awesome piece, and uh, like I could see them going so many ways. But I really, I'm, I'm in on Halliburton. Like I, I agree. I like I uh, for all the reasons that you just said. The only thing that I have a, any type of uh, issue about with him is he almost seems a little passive on uh, 
offense. Like he, it's almost like he doesn't have some confidence. So maybe if uh, they're able to work on that, I'm sure he can become a, a stud in the league because he he almost doesn't really create his own shot. He's good good at playing off the ball, but uh, after when it comes to putting the ball on the floor, is he's not really a he he just doesn't create a shot. Well, you sold me on him to Golden State even more. He plays well <laughs> off the ball. He doesn't create his own offense. He's passive. Okay, here's Clay and Steph as your teammates. Good no, luck. 100%. <laughs> hey, perfect. Um, yeah, I got Halliburton six. I had Edwards five, LaMelo four. My number three dude, I got him so much higher, and I hated him at first, man. I just, I'm a big believer in this dude reaching his full potential. I got Isaac Okoro as my number three dude in this draft. Oh, really? I yeah yeah. I feel like most. I don't think I've seen anybody have him that high. I think he's basically just got the potential to be the best two way player in this class. Out of all these guys, he's the only one that's like a real lockdown wing defender. Most people consider him to be the best perimeter defender in the class. His offense is still a work in progress, but he's like a really, really hardworking kid. His shot's not broken. A lot of people compare him to like MKG and uh, Stanley Johnson, but he's got like a better shot than those dudes right now. I just think outside of Wiseman and Akongwu, I think Okoro's got the best chance to become an all-star from this class. Yeah, no, and he's a super, he's a solid rebounder too. Like, so I think like, like what you, with what you were saying, that's like the perfect base that you want to start at. Like if, if you can always teach offense, but a lot of people, if, if they're already like, like a LaMelo type thing, when I was talking about the uh, defense, people that don't play defense, don't play defense, period. And it's almost impossible to get them to play defense. Yeah. It's like, you can't teach effort. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. And like you said, he's a, just a tough dude, man. He's a, he's just like a high-motor type guy, man. And he's only 19. So, like, I don't know, just high basketball IQ type dude, man. So, I mean, he can improve in his uh, to be like a better overall scorer. but Yeah, he's not, not a great scorer right now. But he's got aspects of his game that he does well on that and, like, Pretty awesome driver. He's super muscular. 6'6", 225, big dude. He can get to the rack, jam on people. And uh, like I said, his shot's not broken, and I trust he's going to put in the work to get it to where it needs to be. He's never going to lead the league in three-point percentage, but I think he could get up to about 40, maybe uh, get his free throw percentage up to like 75, 80, somewhere in that range. And then with some like lockdown defense, man, if, if he gets up to like scoring 17, 18 points a game with as one of the 10 best defenders in the league, that's an all-star level dude. So a hundred, a hundred percent. He's going to be like, a, uh, he's definitely going to be, a, be able to come in and play a solid role. Even if it's uh, like an Andre Iguodala type role, like where maybe, maybe you're not on the floor 24 seven, but uh good, good six man at the very least, man. like just comes in and uh, just able to, I don't know, just the probably the plus minus is probably going to be uh, high with this dude just because when he's on the floor, he, he just brings a different level of energy. As a Cavs fan, we got the five, the number five pick. I got Wiseman and Okongwu, number one and number two. I feel like at least Wiseman will be gone before then. Okongwu might be there at five, and I think Okoro's going to be there. I love Okongwu, honestly. <laughs> yeah, man. I want a wing. I want a wing defender. But man, if Akang was there, I and I'm pretty sure I've heard rumors that the Cavs really aren't in on Akangwu, but 
maybe maybe that's some uh some smoke screen maybe we're really in on him and we're like oh no fuck that guy but really we're like yeah Kong. i hope so <laughs> right. man i really hope so a couple guys we haven't really talked about in my top 10 i got devin vassal up here or devin vassal I, i'm not 100 percent sure how to say it but i like vassal yeah and no, i i do like vassal or vassal whichever one but uh no i'm i'm right there with you he's a he's a beast basically i think he's the best three and d dude in the class shot 41.9 percent from three as a freshman 41.5 percent from three as a sophomore that's pretty damn consistent i think he can hit some threes High energy, high character dude, hell of a motor on defense, good on ball, good as a team defender, pretty skinny, 6'7", 194, so that's an issue. You kind of need him to gain a little weight, especially if he gets switched on to some power forwards and stuff like that. Uh, 194 is kind of lighten your britches, buddy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't think he's like a first or second option on like a championship level team, but I could see him being like a, a third option, like a uh, rich man's auto porter type dude, you know? Yeah. Great great addition to any team with, like, championship aspirations. You throw him on fucking Golden State, man, shooting 41%, playing awesome defense, and just making winning basketball plays. Kind of the same thing with Halliburton. Just fit right in there and uh, be part of the new death lineup, really. I Man, I can you imagine being in this year's draft and knowing – and being one of them top guys and <laughs> right. knowing. Come on, number can... two, baby. Number two, <laughs> yeah, baby. Number yeah. two. <laughs> the only year you want to go number two ever. Like, man, you, you're you going to get in there. You're going to get a ring. Like, damn near year one, man. It's it, That's going to be crazy. I can't believe this is happening, honestly. As a Cavs <laughs> fan, it is it breaks my heart to watch this. Right. Just wait till you uh you get drafted by the Golden State. You throw on the hat, you curve the brim a little bit, you go over, start getting the uh nobody curves the brim anymore. Shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you <laughs> But you go over and uh do the interview, they're like, Hey uh, cool. just to let you know, the Golden State Warriors just traded your rights to the Hawks. Like <sighs> Hey, are you are you sure about that? Like, did you double check your sources? I'm not going to Golden State. I'm going to Atlanta. Got it. Right. Like, you know, fuck the NBA, man. <laughs> fuck this league. <laughs> I'm right. done. That would be embarrassing. Like, cause you'd be so pumped. You're up there. You're just smiling. Like, yeah. Ah, uh, what what do you think about Marcus Howard, man? Marcus Howard is a dog. Twenty eight points a game. He shot 10 threes per game and never sank below 40% three-point percentage. Like, he's a little bit undersized, but with some numbers like that, that's insane, man. 10 threes a game and never shooting, uh, sinking below 40%, that's insane. Yeah, he's, uh, like you said, man, for his entire career, forty almost 43% from the field over a four-year career. Senior, so he's probably going to go... At least second round, but the thing is, it's like these dudes make it in the NBA. He's uh, he just fills it up, come in, give you that Lou Williams spark. Smaller, so it's kind of an issue, but man, Buddy can catch fire with the best of them in college basketball. And like you said, 27.8 points a game for a good team, Marquette, man. So there's definitely a place in the league for this. Yeah, I do. I like him. I like him a lot, honestly. Only guy 
that I had in my top 10 is it's basically so many people have this dude so high. I, I threw him at the low end of my top 10. Denny Avdia. Uh, a lot of people have him really high. I got him at nine. Uh, I got him there because I'm, I'm not a big fan. A lot of people are talking about him maybe coming to the Cavs, hoping he doesn't. He's a good team player, but he seems like a jet, little jack of all trades, but a master of none. He's an all right shooter, but since 2017 in his professional career, he shot 363 free throw attempts and he's made 56% of them. As a wing, as somebody who's not super, super athletic, a lot of people got that Luka disease thinking he's going to be the next Luka and he's getting that Luka bump. I feel like he's a mid first rounder. I think he'll be a good player. I think he'll be okay. Somewhere in between Luka and Chetty Osmond. <laughs> he's pretty athletic he can play good team defense if Tyrese Halliburton's a B plus at everything Denny Avdia is basically like a B minus at everything and he'll make it in the NBA he'll he'll probably have a 10-year career I just don't see him being an all-star level player yeah I'm right there with you I was looking at him and uh he's probably probably one of the best well-balanced players like in in the draft honestly but then I was doing a little uh, deeper dive on him, and man, he can't, he can't, uh, like he lacks shot creation as well, man. When he puts the ball on the floor and he's and he's shooting off the shot, he only shoots twenty two percent, or uh, shooting off the dribble, he only shoots twenty two percent. That's enough for me to not want to draft the dude seriously. Like that's literally what basketball is: is dribbling and shooting, and when you're wait, if you yeah, you're a good spot up shooter. I mean. But uh, if you have to move around and you're, then you go all the way down to 22 percent, he, he he's just not a difference maker to me. He's like I said, I think he'll be solid, but I think I don't think this is the type of dude you draft in the top five of the NBA draft, even in a somewhat down year like some people think this one is. It's just not my style, I guess. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Nico Mannion. Ah, man, I, I I'm not a huge fan of Nico Mannion, man. <laughs> So uh, so is it just because he doesn't look like your typical basketball player? He doesn't look around? like your, doesn't look like your typical basketball player. A lot of people like he's pretty hyped coming into this year. And you know, 14 points, 5 assists for a point guard, that's not bad, but it's just those dudes that just have terrible like percentages just kind of drives me crazy. He shot 39% from the field. 32% from three, which isn't terrible. I couldn't do that. <laughs> uh, just, I don't see him becoming like a, a top end starter at point guard. How, what do you think about him? You like him? No, you, no, no, I'm right there with you. But I just saw a lot of people were kind of like, and I know he was a McDonald's All-American or whatever the hell. So like, I mean, he was a, it's just, the NBA is a whole different, he, he fits that perfect uh, college level player. Like he, that's exactly I, that's probably about the max. He can, he's nothing special. He's six six three, pretty wiry, really six two and a half wingspan. So he's like pretty. He's he's like the exact same uh, proportion wise. But uh, I don't know. He just he lacks the tools that limits him on the fucking defensive end too. So there's a lot of things that he can do. But I saw a lot of people talking about him and oh, well, one of the most underrated players in the draft. I don't know if he's underrated at all. He might, I wouldn't even, man, late second round, seriously. 
Yeah, I got him down with that like third tier of uh, point guards. The first is that Halliburton, Hayes, and uh, Lamelo Ball. Then in that middle middle of the pack, we got uh, Tyrese Maxey. If you consider him a, a point guard, he's kind of point guard, shooting guard, combo guard, I guess. Kyra Lewis from Alabama. I kind of like him. He's in that. And then Tyrell Terry. That's like that second tier. Cole Anthony, I would say, is second tier too, but lower second tier. That third tier, I got Mannion in there. That Theo Maladon, he's from France. I don't know much yeah. about Maladon, but he's like, I'd rather have him than Mannion. And then uh, Cassius Winston from Michigan State. Four years, Dude. Four years starter from there. Uh, yeah, That's man. That's my man. Seriously. That's that I love Cassius Winston. That is the Isaiah Thomas of this year, man. I'm calling it now. He's not gonna fail, man. He's gonna be in the league a long time. And he like you're you're gonna be able to depend on Cassius Winston if you draft him. Like and he seems like he's gonna be there in the in the second round, mid maybe even mid second round. That's the type of guy that that's that Jalen Brunson type dude that uh the Mavericks have. It's just somebody who's Played under an awesome coach for four years, a little undersized, but can shoot the lights out of the ball, busts his ass, and uh, and comes in and runs your second unit until he fucking takes out your starter, basically. Yeah, I know, and that's 110%, man. I mean, he shot 43% career at Michigan State. That's, that's, or, and that's from three-point, obviously. Like, that's insane, man. Four years? That's insane. That's not just like a... Like one good game, you know what I mean? Like yeah, or uh, a couple good games here and there. That's consistency, and you you were able to see it over the uh the the entire length of his uh four years, man. So uh, yeah, like you said, it's gonna be someone that you're gonna be able to plug in, and you won't really have to worry about it. That the uh, what'd you say, Jalen? Whatever, that's a great comparison. Jalen Brunson, yeah, a yeah, Jalen Brunson, undersized yeah. type dude, and I mean they've been around forever. Those dudes that stay too long and then people write them off. And wouldn't you like, if you're taking somebody in the late rounds, like wouldn't you rather have somebody who knows how to play and shit? Kind of the same thing with these other, like you could have Nico Mannion or you could have Cassius Winston who played four years. Devin Dotson, who scored 18 points a game last year for uh, Kansas shot 83% from the line, four rebounds, four assists, two steals last year as a sophomore. Trey Jones, ACC Defensive Player of the Year, ACC Player of the Year last year. Scored 16.2 points, 6.5 assists, 4 boards. Shot 77% from the line, 36 from 3. Got the NBA bloodlines. Good defender. I mean, he's at least a a high-end backup point guard in the league, and he's going to be there in the early second to mid-second. And then the last guy I got in that uh, third tier, Malachi Flynn. From San Diego State. Malachi Flynn. Yeah. What do we got about... What I Honestly, I didn't even check out Malachi Flynn at all, so you're going to have to man, catch me up to speed of, anyway. Just another one of those dudes, man. Out here, he had 17.6 points per game this year. Just really good on offense. A little smaller than you would like. 6'1", 185. But shot 86% from the mm-hmm. lines. Right? Five assists, four and a half boards, and... uh just dominated for that San Diego State team, which was really, really good. I, I think they were ranked really highly, and it was they were seventeen and one, thirty and two overall. So Malachi Flynn was the basically the uh, engine of this team, and uh, led him to a thirty and two record this year. So just a baller, you know. What a crazy, what a crazy uh, NCAA 
finals that would have been. Dayton versus San Diego State. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, man. But I just feel like this draft is filled with these dudes that are they're not gonna be awesome. Like Malachi Flynn, he's not gonna be a fucking all-star probably, but he's gonna be in the league for years and years. Trey Jones, he's not gonna be an all-star. He might not ever even be like a full-time starter, but he's right. his fingerprints are gonna be on this league. These are dudes that could play in the playoffs. They could play in the finals type stuff. So Cash it's Winston. You're telling me the Lakers couldn't have used him last year? I feel like yeah. he could have gotten some run for the Lakers. No, 100%. And uh, I'm happy that uh, I like that you're in on uh, Winston, too, because that's probably that's probably one of my biggest little, like, my sleeper, man. Like, not really like a, I guess you wouldn't call him a sleeper, but I'm just, I'm kind of tired of people just writing off the dudes that just because they went to school for four years. I, it it, it kind of doesn't make sense. I understand. I understand you want someone younger, but. I just, I, I, I'm being more confident. Like in the Patrick Williams case, yeah, he's probably gonna be, he's probably, yeah, he should be legit if everything pans out. But if it doesn't, now you like, cash is Winston, man. Like this dude has proven that he shoots 43% for four years consecutive. Like that's crazy, man. Like so, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like if you need a point guard, you could get one of those top guys, but you, you could get one that could help you out later in the draft. I wish the Cavs had more than one damn pick. There are so <laughs> there are so many players I think they could use. It, it just sucks. I figure since we went over like the uh, the point guards, like the later point guards, I figured we'd just cover up the wing guys, the sh- small forward shooting guards, and those guys real quick get us into the late first, early second. Um, Sadiq Bay from Villanova. You a big fan of him this year? He shot 77% from the line, 45% from three, averaged uh, 16.1 points. For Villanova as a sophomore, he's 6'8", 215. Big dude, good defender. I'm kind of in on him. I got him number 14 overall. Just that he'll come in, shoot threes, play awesome defense against basically everybody at 6'8". Just somebody that could help every single team in the league, I feel like, man. It's that Villanova. Like, man, anybody that plays on Villanova, I'm in on. Next guy, I got this guy at number 16, Aaron Neesmith. He played at Vanderbilt, sophomore last year, 6'6", 215. Close enough to Neesmith for me. (laughs) Hey, there it is. (laughs) Crazy shooting season last year. He only played 14 games, so that's kind of an issue. I think he got hurt. I'm not sure exactly what happened to him. But he took eight threes a game and shot 52% on him. 82% from the line, so it makes it almost seem like maybe that 52% was a bit of a fluke. But have you ever shot a fluke 52% through 14 (laughs) games on eight shots a game? Like, oh, yeah, I've just had the fucking craziest hot streak of my entire life the the last month and a half. I'm shooting eight a game and making over half of them. That doesn't happen. So unbelievable shooter. Decent size, not awesome athletically but he should project to be like a decent defender but if man if that shooting is real this dude is lethal man (laughs) yeah no it's crazy and uh he has a damn near seven foot wingspan too like so i don't even understand that that, this dude out here looking like tayshaun prince probably but yeah he's definitely (laughs) underrated yeah and i mean 23 points a game last year he went from 11 as a freshman to 23 last year so i mean that's like 
half of his production came on threes, but man, he he can fill it up, man. So I'm kind of in on him. No, I'm right there with you. Uh, uh, Vanderbilt was talking about like his work ethic and leadership too. So that's definitely what you want to hear, a little praise from your coaches, man. So plug him in, see what happens. Yeah, what? At worst, he's Danny Green. And in the (laughs) middle of the first round, bro, you would take Danny Green every single time. He's been in the league like a thousand years, just making threes, winning rings. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm in on Neesmith. Next guy in this range, I I got a couple more. Desmond Bain, he played at TCU. He's a senior. He's an older guy, 22, 6'6", 215 pounds. Never shot worse than 76.8% in four years from the free throw line. And never shot worse from the three-point line than 38%. That was his freshman year. Then he went 46, 42, 44. At 6'6", Scored 16 points a game last year. Decent numbers overall. Just somebody that seems like you could draft him and plug him in, and he's going to make winning plays for you, man. Good defensive player. Good fundamentals on that end. Not great ball handling-wise, but if you can do everything else, as a small forward, you don't need to handle the, you don't need to be LeBron. Yeah, and the, the, one of his uh, biggest, one of his best things is that, that he's good off the ball. So it's like, perfect. We didn't need you to hold the ball anyway. We didn't want you to be good with the ball anyway. If you're good yeah. off the ball, cool. He's a good rebounder and strong enough to body all the, like, uh, the wing guys. Perfect. That's what we need. And he had a ton of experience, too. I read that he started 117 of the 145 games at, TS, uh, at TCU. Like, yeah, damn, man. Yeah, just like these dudes, like... He's never going to make an all-star team. I'm pretty so, pretty sure of that. But this dude's going to like make solid plays, make, make winning team, plays. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> do something. A <laughs> couple more of these guys. Josh Green from Arizona. He was a freshman last year, another 6'6 guy. Good on defense. Pretty good shot form. Scored 12 points a game, eight, almost 80% from the line. Pretty highly rated coming into college. Just kind of profiles as like another... I don't want to use Danny Green again, but good on defense, good three-point shooter, uh, and and he's young. He's just turned 20 tomorrow. <laughs> just turned 20 yesterday, I guess, because we're releasing this on Monday. His <laughs> birthday's Tuesday. No, his birthday's Monday. We're releasing it Tuesday, so he turned 20 yesterday. There we go. <laughs> oh, well, no. oh, real quick on uh, Josh Green, because I, I like Josh. I, I like Josh Green. Uh, he's definitely that uh, three and D type wing dude, man. He has like a, he's good in the, like all the areas, but he doesn't have like uh high skill on the offensive end. But like we were talking about earlier, I can't remember who we were talking about, but I'm, I'm, I'm good with starting. I'm good with uh, starting someone. And uh, I mean, these coaches and stuff in the NBA are obviously the best, right? I'm good with uh, pl- plugging somebody in that's good on defense and start from there, man. Seriously. Right, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm right there with you, man. RJ Hampton, he played in the NBL with LaMelo. I'm not really sure how he's going to be. A lot more potential right now than production. So he was highly rated coming out of high school. We'll see where he goes. Jaden McDaniels, he played at Washington last year. He was a freshman, 6'9", 200 pounds. His brother Jalen McDaniels is on the Hornets right now. So kind of, I mean, from an athletic That's family. Good. Yeah, decent shooter. 
Uh, scored 13 points a game, six boards, a steal, and one and a half blocks a game. Tall dude. I'm worried maybe that's a little Anthony Randolph-ish. Just kind of that that tall dude who uh, was awesome in high school. And Washington was really bad this year, and they had some really high-ranked prospects. So I, it's kind of like that Anthony Edwards type stuff. Is he is he good? We'll see. But I mean, he's got that potential. Yeah, I mean he. He definitely has, like, length, and he's pretty agile, too. But I saw the stat. His standing reach is 8'11". That's crazy, man. One more foot up to the rim. Like, that's the yeah. dude you kind of want to uh, put around, obviously, as a rim protector, man. That's crazy. And these are these kind of dudes you just want. Long, athletic dudes that can uh, just play, man. So They really do got to raise this hoop up here soon. We're going to outgrow this for real. <laughs> or at least 10 and a half. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, because it, it really is getting out of control, man. There's going to be just a bunch of seven-footers running around. <laughs> it's going to look It's gonna look so weird in about 10 years. Everyone that comes out now is 6'10", man. Yeah. A couple more guys. Uh, just I'll run through the names real quick. Robert Woodard, he's been moving up boards. He went to Mississippi State. 6'7", 235, just... Tall, defensive-minded, shot 43% from three last year, so that's kind of why he's moving up, but only scored 11 points a game, so just somebody to watch late first, early second. Tyler Bay, another Bay. How weird is that that there's two Bays? And it's they're both spelled B-E-Y. What the fuck? So weird, man. This guy, though, uh, 6'7", 216, so kind of the same size as Sadiq Bay, really. Shot 42% from three last year. Decent numbers at the free throw line, 14 points, nine boards. Just another guy in the same mold that we've been talking about. Jordan Nawara, he played for Louisville last year. Junior, he shot 40% from three, scored 18 points a game for Louisville. He's 6'7", 225. So another dude, he really had a a big burden on offense, and he was kind of the leader of Louisville, so... I, I think he'll be somebody that'll get drafted, too. He's kind of an older guy at 22, too. You will go to front court real <laughs> that's, quick. That's, that's ridiculous. He's kind of older at 22. <laughs> right? It's it's weird, man. But there's, there's these dudes that are going to be 19 the whole season. It's crazy. Another guy I forgot to mention for um at the at the point guard. This is kind of a later dude still, even. Emmanuel Quickly. He was a sophomore this year, 21 years old. Shot 92 0.3% from the free throw line. 16 points for Kentucky a game and 43% from three, man. I think this is a, a dude that will come into the league and going in the mid-second round. Yeah, give me the dude who shot 93% from the free throw line in the mid-second round. Yeah, this dude, it's kind of tough because he's not uh, the greatest ball handler, doesn't really uh, initiate the offense much, and he's kind of short. 6'3", so he's kind of short. I'm fucking sitting here like (laughs) damn toad compared to that dude. But But, yeah, man, uh, I just, yeah, just wanted to mention him real quick. And Grant, man, there's just so many dudes. So many dudes like this Grant Riller Riller guy. You know Grant Riller at all? So many people are so in on Grant Riller. Yeah, I was just, uh, I mean, he's one of the, like, uh, NCAA's most elect- uh, electric scorers. And that's what everybody's been saying. They're like, oh, man, it, it's just it's, it's fun to watch. Like, 
You didn't watch no Charleston basketball. Shut up. Yeah, I feel like maybe he's like this year's Carson Edwards. Remember from last year, just that dude who can light it up from three and just a volume scorer in college. But Yeah, he had what? He had 2,400 points in 127 games, and he had a 62.3% uh, shooting percentage. So, I mean, Buddy's a, I mean, he's a stud, but we'll see. Yeah, there's just so many of these guys. And th- then um, just front court, this year compared to last year, I went back and looked at last year. There were a lot of like front court power forward center dudes, about 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", but they were all like a lot of them were like 200 pounds, 210, just stuff like that. It was kind of crazy. And, and they were like post-type dudes. Jalen Smith has won this year. He's 6'10", 225, but he's he's got that skill that can make him a new age guy. 37% from three, 75% from the line, average 15 and 10 in college. But then there's a lot more dudes later in this draft. Xavier Tillman from Michigan State, he's one of my favorite dudes. He's just a big dude, a lot of big guys. Tillman, 6'8", 245. Isaiah Stewart, 6'9", 250. Udoka Azebuki from Kansas, 7'270". Zeke Naji, he's a freshman this year in Arizona, 6'11", 240. Huge dude, and scored 16.1 points a game, 8.6 boards, and he's going to be there in the mid-second round. Daniel Aturu, he's 6'10", 240. Just big-ass dudes. And to your point, Vernon Carey, 6'10", 270. Though I did hear he's yeah. been working out and uh, he's down like 30 pounds. So Jeez. so he was a little too big before, but now he's getting in that range, you know? Yeah, now so he should probably be climbing up a little bit of boards. It was kind of weird, man, because all, all these Duke dudes, they're, I don't know, they're kind of underrated. They're no, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, they might not even have a first-round guy. They got Cassius Stanley. He was... Uh, super highly rated player, and he's he's mid second round. Super athletic though. Still, Vernon Carey had an awesome year this year. He's going mid second round. A lot of people think Trey Jones, ACC Player of the Year, probably going in the second round. It's crazy. I don't I don't really get it. And you you would think just honestly, well, just for uh like easy transition too, man. Duke dudes would be a little bit higher just because of Coach K. Honestly, like you know that they probably got they're just solid character dudes probably they pretty and if they aren't he beat it out of them and they've been putting good players into the league for a few years too it's not like we're putting bums in so <laughs> yeah it's like we were saying with cassius winston it's funny there's two cassius's in this draft too right um, two bays two cassius's yeah but like we were saying with him he's uh played for tom Izzo. i mean that's a, a hell of a team to play for So, hell of a coach to play for, I guess. Last thing on these front court dudes, the two that I'm a huge fan of, Tillman, like I mentioned, 6'8", 245, just does all... He's that dirty work player, that Paul Millsap level dude. He played for Michigan State this year. And, man, I just have a feeling, I don't know, I think he's going to be a start-worthy player in the league. And he's going to go... Late first, early second. He's going to be one of the 12 best in this draft, I would say. Big Tillman fan. Tillman's your man? Yeah. No, uh, that, uh, but I don't even know how to say his freaking name. But is that Yudoko or Yudoka? Uh, Azubuki? Azubik? Yeah. yeah. 
Like, uh, but Buddy's seven foot with seven seven wingspan, two seventy. Man, he's he's a monster. <laughs> it's it's funny. Two years ago, he had his lowest of his last three years in college field goal percentage at seventy and a half percent. As yeah, a sophomore, man. he shot seventy seven percent from field the field. Not not the strongest free throw shooter, but you're not looking to, to have him shoot free throws. He's just a monstrous human being, man. Yeah, just put put like I mean people people aren't bodying that dude. Yeah, there aren't there aren't like I said, man, with that last year, 6'10, 225 type dudes, 6'10, 215. Nick Claxton, I think, last year was like 6'10, 215. It's like Okay, yeah, put him up against seven foot two seventy. See what happens. It's like, yeah, like they yeah, don't man. make dudes that big, man. Every team needs one dude that size. So just to throw in there and be a bruiser. It's a uh, the only the only thing that is uh, the scariest part about him is because, like you just mentioned, that he isn't like that six ten uh, run around the uh, floor type dude. See, like if he'll even be able to. Uh, I don't know, come into that because the modern NBA is way different than it used to be. They don't even really use like the big guys anymore like that. You know what I mean? So seven foot, 270 running around. I don't I don't know. That's the only thing that I'd have uh, concern about because it's just like run and gun. And I don't shoot. Can you even can how right? Can't yeah. shoot free throw. So he ain't shooting no threes. I'm assuming 20 years ago, he was uh number five pick in this draft, <laughs> man, for real. My other front court dude that this is a dude I really want the Cavs to find a pick somehow. A lot of people have him pretty low. Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer has him 35. Paul Reed. I got him at number 23. Last year, 2.6 blocks, 1.9 steals. So four and a half steals and blocks combined. Awesome defender, man. He's 6'9", 220, got a 7'2 wingspan. Guard basically any any player on the floor. He's so athletic. You got to watch some some highlights of this dude. Super, super athletic. Super awesome jumper. Kind of a weird shot. That is one issue. He's got a weird motion. It's like kind of like he pushes the ball a little bit. But Out here looking like LaMelo or what? It's it's just kind of weird. It's like, how do you make anything go in? But the energy he plays with and his ability to defend. And having said that about his shot, he shot 77% from the free throw line as a sophomore. This year he shot 74 as a junior. And as a sophomore, he shot 40% from three. So somehow he makes it go in. I, I just think this dude is, uh, he's going to be this year's Brandon Clark. I like it. How like Brandon it. Clark was just—he he was uh, basically the number one rookie in player efficiency rating last year. He was one of the like six best players in the year in the league at player efficiency rating. So, Paul Reed, wherever he goes, he's gonna be a absolute steal. He's my steal of the draft. I I like that honestly because I mean, man, six nine two twenty—that's a big dude too, really. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's like a that's a solid fucking dude. He's a Kong Wu without the hype. <laughs> yeah, for real. One last guy. We've basically been through damn near everybody that is going to be a first rounder next year. Fucking next year in two days. Uh, <laughs> one guy we haven't talked about because he's kind of in his own category. Um, Alexei Pokusevsky. 
He's an international player. He played in the on the B team of Olympiacos last year. This guy, have you heard much about this guy? Who is this? Alexi Pokasevsky. There's he's he's that all he's 18 right now. He turns 19 the day after Christmas. So he turns 19 basically the day the season starts this year. He's seven foot tall, 200 pounds. This dude is skin and bones, man. Super skinny. <laughs> yeah. He's-, he's so skinny. But he's really got some some skills, man. He's not uh, Anthony Davis where he's like a point guard level dude, but he's got an all right game. He can dribble a little bit, slightly below average shooter right now, but he shot about 80% from the line. So there's potential for him to get better. It's kind of like a lottery ticket dude, but um, if he doesn't improve at all from where he's at right now, he's not even good enough to ride the bench. So, and and he's got to gain weight. Seven foot, two hundred pounds. He's really got to gain some damn weight. Yeah, that's that's that's. But man, actually. he's eighteen right now. Say in two years, he gains two inches, gains thirty five pounds. He's sitting seven two, two thirty five, decent dribbler. He's kind of like that Giannis player. Nobody knows much about him. You can see him play against players that aren't great, and he's just all potential. We'll see what happens with him type stuff, but not not a huge fan of his. I wouldn't want my team. It's, it's like let somebody else take the risk. <laughs> but, I mean, we'll see what happens with him. So, Who's going to get the, the hometown stamp of approval? Who's our Who's our president in the draft class? Mine's Reed, man. Paul Reed is my dude. I'm I'm in on Paul Reed this year. Paul, <laughs> oh shit! All right, there it is. Who, Paul who Reed. You got? Who's your Who's your stamp of approval? I do like Marcus Howard. I don't really. I don't know, man. I honestly, I can, I, I'm just. I'll go with. I like fucking uh, Toppin probably. Oh, Toppin. Yeah, that's probably that's probably the that's probably the dude that I'd be the most confident in. Yeah, he, he's no, he's no president Higgins, but I like Toppin. Yeah, good good bet, especially to look good a year from now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This all all of this information is definitely hitting the website. I got a pretty good draft preview with a lot of good information and stats to back it up. I have everybody's stats on there that played in college this year. You definitely want to check the website and uh, just. Have it open if you're watching the draft. It, there's a lot of information. You can go right to it, check out their stats and everything. So check the website for this one. This is the episode, though. I appreciate you guys listening to the NBA draft preview. We got a week 10 recap coming later this week. But then um, after that, our next episode is going to be the draft recap. We're probably going to be doing that maybe the night of the draft. We'll see and uh, have some draft grades, have our favorite picks, stuff like that. Yeah, though, uh, find us on Twitter. I'm at Show Hometown. EAK, what's your Twitter? Uh, at EAK Sports underscore. Yes, it is, man. Check out our Twitters. And uh, ask some questions. If you got draft questions uh, during the draft, send them our way, man. We'll answer them. And, uh, and join our Facebook group. We got that. And, uh, yeah. That's basically it for our NBA draft preview episode. I'm happy that you guys uh, checked it out and gave it a listen. So we'll catch you later with the Week 10 recap. Indeed. Peace out. Deuces.